Mark Adams did not get on the plane. He did not take the middle seat. He does not wear burnt orange. All Mark Adams does is get W's over Chris Beard. We're going to talk about what happened in the Texas Tech-Texas game coming up on today's Locked on Texas Tech. Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Texas Tech your first listen every day if you are listening to this on Wednesday morning. If you're listening to this on Tuesday night, thanks for making Locked on Texas Tech your last lesson of the night. Um, if you're anything like me, you probably won't be able to sleep very well after what you just witnessed. Um, we just watched Texas Tech take down Texas 77-64 to 64 in, the U- in the USA. Just, man, one of the most absurd scenes I've ever I've ever witnessed at in Lubbock and and anywhere in general. I mean, just one of the most insane fan turnouts ever. And it was classy. It was spirited. It was emotional. It was energetic. It was just, it was everything you wanted it to be, man. And just an incredible, incredible showing from Red Raider Nation. And I mean, what a night from this team. Um, just really put it together, scored 77 points. I mean, we we were both expecting a little bit of a rock fight, and, and they went out and scored 77 points against one of the better defenses in the country. So, man, this team's legit. This this Texas Tech team is really, really good. Yeah, I mean, you look at the offensive output, especially in the first half, and then it's just it was absolutely incredible. I mean, Kevin O'Banner, we'll get into individual performances later, but having the night of his life, he had so much inside success early on in the game, got to the foul line a bunch, and offensively, I think this is what this tech team can be when everything's put together, because, I mean, Adonis Arms, for example, didn't have a great night, but as a whole, like, everyone was able to get to the rim effectively, and it gets a good Texas defense. I mean, that was a surprise for me, just how efficient Tech was able to carve up that defense, and even with some mistakes, you were still for the most part, able to go and continuously get good looks. And even if they weren't falling like they were early in the second half, you were still able to keep Texas at arm once. And I mentioned on this podcast before, kind of winning in the margins. That's what Kansas does so well. And tonight was the night where Tech just managed to win in the margins at every single level. Anytime Texas would get close, couple baskets going the other way, you would still respond very quickly. And I think that this is one of the things that, when you're looking at a team that is going to be great going forward, you have to see the ability to withstand pressure and continuously deliver throughout a game. And I think that tonight was probably one of the best examples that we've seen from Tech in doing that all season because Texas could have easily caught into that game. They made some really difficult shots. Marcus Carr had a really good second half, and yet Tech just never let them get into it. And I think that that's something that – just notwithstanding the results from tonight and obviously the magnitude of this game, which, I mean, you needs no reintroduction. We all know the the importance of that and making sure that Chris Beard went back to Austin with an L. 
But beyond that, I mean, this was the mark of a championship caliber team. And to be able to do it, basically, biggest night in a Lovick in a long time, biggest game for most of these guys in their career, just from the atmosphere and the pressure that was on them. And, I mean, they delivered. And thankfully, we don't have to talk about Tech losing this one. And we can just talk about what a great effort it was and just how efficient Tech was offensively and then defensively coming up with stops and playing a pretty flawless game. I mean, just just an absurd performance all around. I mean, defense was really good. I thought. I mean, you had you had eighteen points from Marcus Carr, um, and he just looked like one of the best shot makers in college basketball tonight, which is what he is. Um, and he really put that on display. You you limited Timmy Allen a lot. You know, Courtney Ramey got loose for a couple of threes. Christian Bishop had a couple of baskets, but all around, your defensive effort was just executed really well you did exactly what you wanted to do coming into this game which was limit easy buckets in the post and I mean where was Timmy Allen tonight man he he couldn't even stay on the floor he played almost as many minutes as Brock Cunningham because there was just nothing going for him and so Texas Tech for them to be able to take him out of the game like that it was just it was phenomenal and then you talked about the, the grit and kind of pushing past those moments of hey Texas is clawing back like there was a point in the second half where Texas Tech had gone four and a half minutes without making a bucket. I mean, how many times have we been in that scenario the last few years where Texas Tech hits a little bit of a rough spot and we're just thinking, oh man, it's only a matter of time before this game crumbles out of control. But the Red Raiders just kept pulling it together. They kept finding ways to win. Um, And man, just a really impressive performance. Like you mentioned, winning in the margins, what were plus nine on the boards, plus five on second chance points, plus two on bench points plus six on points in the paint. I mean, man, they just they just did a lot really, really well tonight. They got to the free throw line a lot, made their made their free throws. Uh, we're going to talk about players in a second, but my goodness, what a night from Kevin McCuller. Just, just a phenomenal player. And there have been times, you know, this season where I've looked at Texas Tech and been like, man, this team has really, really good potential. This team can be something. You know, whenever you beat number one Baylor, it's hard to imagine otherwise. Whenever you beat number six Kansas, it's hard to think otherwise. But tonight, there was just something about the grit and the offensive versatility that this team showed. For Adonis Arms and Terrence Shannon Jr. to combine for three points over the course of the entire game, and for Texas Tech to score 77, I don't know how you can be looking at this team right now and not be thinking about them as at least an elite eight contender and maybe even a final four surprise. Yeah. I mean, to be able to score 77 with essentially your best creator in the starting five and arms, not being able to score, you had really some bad luck. I thought early on on finishes with guys like McCuller and Miley Wilson, Miley Wilson missing some pretty easy looks and then you had a fair bit of turnovers. You had TJ Shannon not really coming in until the last five minutes and still being able to put 70, up 77. For one, that shows just how good Kevin O'Banner was in this game shooting the ball. And I think we've kind of been waiting for that sort of regression of the mean. And certainly he had an absolutely blistering night. But still beyond that, I mean, the looks that Tech was able to generate in the half court, that's something that we've been looking for for years now and just haven't been able to find. And even at the start of the season, there was a lot of question marks about Tech's ability to create. And now we've seen multiple home games now, whether it be against Kansas, whether it be against Oklahoma State, now against Texas, obviously. The ability to hit those open shots in the half court and generate them, I mean, that's a really good sign going forward. And I think that that's 
probably the biggest positive out of all of this to me is just the offensive ability in the half court. The other thing is just across the board defensively, you had six different players having at least two stocks in the game, which is ridiculous. I mean, considering the amount of defensive talent you have on this team to be able to have that many individual stats and really the eye test backs it up. Texas was hitting tough shots all night. You had Courtney Ramey having two ridiculous threes in the first half and you had Marcus Carr in the second half getting a lot of off dribble looks and yet still, still was able to disrupt Texas. And I mean, there really was no faults throughout this one. And I think that we have to look at this in a major positive because not only is this a huge win for tonight, but this is now something where it's proven the tech is not a fluke. I mean, you look at the offensive outputs against teams like Texas, like Kansas, top defenses in the country. And then you look at the defensive output that has been there all season. And you have a team that really, when everything is together, is one of the best teams in the nation. Because Texas, I mean, we've ragged on them all year. But at the end of the day, they're still a good, talented team. They're top 20 in most metrics. They've got a lot of talented individual players and tonight showed that they refused to quit. So to be able to withhold them the entire time was seriously impressive. And I think it just goes to show just how good of a team tech is and going forward, you can really build off of this as well. I mean, like even, even at the beginning of the season, you're thinking, all right, Texas tech is looking good. Like they look strong. They look like they can be a, a contender, at least in the big 12, but you're hanging your hat a lot on that, on the defensive end. You just scored 77 points against a team that does not give up points. Like you just you just ransacked their entire offensive and defensive plan. You forced their hand to play into the style of basketball that you wanted, and that's how you win championships. Like that's how you become a really good basketball team is by just imploding the other side's game plan. And that's exactly what happened from Texas Tech tonight. I mean, I I highly doubt that the game plan from Chris Beard was Marcus Carr, ISO, every other possession, and hope for the best. I mean, Carr did not have a single easy look tonight, as far as I remember. Every single shot heavily contested, and he made some. And he's a he's a great basketball player. He's a really, really good shot maker. But man, what what a game by Texas Tech. Seven blocks and nine steals. Emery, as I give a word from our sponsors, I want you to play index that and figure out the last time that Texas Tech did that, because I'm sure that it was a minute. Coming up, we're going to give our players of the game, discuss some of the notable lines on the box score. It's the New Year's, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours are about getting fit or eating healthier, be sure that you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good you're going to want to eat it. It's not like other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you're probably thinking this just isn't worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, guess what? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And there's so many flavors to choose from. You've got coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com today. We are here discussing Texas Tech's 77-64 to victory over the Longhorns. Got a lot of really, really impressive individual performances from the Red Raiders. Emery, do you have my data yet? Still working on it. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and give my player of the game, and 
I really want to give it to Kevin O'Banner because I wholeheartedly believe that Texas Tech would not have won this game if it were not for him. I mean, just for you to have a, a floor spacer like him in this game was just so valuable. You can't even put it into words. I mean, he went 5 of 7 from deep, ended up with 17 points on the night, 5 rebounds. Just he he's really evolving into a player and when he's making shots, he is so so dangerous. I mean, even those two two buckets at the in the second half, you know, that one in the corner that kind of bounced around and then the one that somehow hit like the bo- the back of the rim. I thought it was going to wedgie and it it rolled in. And I mean, this guy, he's really hitting his stride. I want to make him my player of the game, but I've just got to go Kevin McCuller, man. I mean, what a game for K-Mac. I mean, just did everything. You want to talk about winning in the margins. I mean, Kevin McCuller just did that single-handedly. I mean, across the board was just so, so valuable for Texas Tech tonight. 19 points, 12 of those coming from the free throw line. He was aggressive. Where you were missing that with Terrence Shannon Jr. and Adonis Arms, Kevin McCuller put the foot on the gas, got the ball to the basket, and forced the defense to either foul him or give him the easy bucket. And he went 12 of 15 on his free throws. I don't know what he was shooting on free throws prior to this game, but man, what a what a performance by him to make 12 of 15. Six boards, two assists, two blocks, one steal. Played 32 minutes. You know he's not fully healthy yet. He still looked really good. I'm just, I'm so impressed by what Kevin McCuller does for this team night in and night out. And even when it's not showing up in the box score, like he had that loose ball that he crawled on, definitely got like hit in the face and there was no foul call. He also called a timeout, which just didn't get recognized for some reason. But man, the dude just hustles for every single second he's out there on the floor. And I, I really think that there might not be another player in the conference that's as important to their team as Kevin McCuller is to this team. Yeah, I think McCuller is a really good pick. I mean, if you look at his all-around impact in this game, his ability to generate pressure on the rim was something that we haven't really seen a lot lately. I think his ankle's finally looking healthy again. He has a lot of the burst that we'd kind of been missing the last few games, but certainly his offensive game was good. His defensive game, they matched him up a lot with Marcus Carr, and I feel like he did a really good job of keeping him from driving driving efficiently um and then obviously i mean just his court vision and ability to play as a ball handler still continues to be impressive and mccord's just a definition of a great all-around player but since you picked him i'll go with the other guy i'll go with kevin o'banner and i think that his shot making was something that we've missed throughout the season and it's so nice to see him hitting those shots again i know that the last two were a little bit on the luckier side and certainly got a good bounce there but the first three in this first half i mean all of them just absolutely pure shots looked good from the moment they left his hand. And I mean, O'Banner, we've seen him do everything else in this year. And yet sometimes it gets, it gets ignored just how good of a shooter he was last year. I mean, this isn't that was flirting 50, 40, 90 throughout the season, ended up shooting 46% from three. And I mean, yet this year, even with the shooting being down, he's been able to contribute in other ways. His rebounding has been really good on the offensive end. He's been able to finish at the rim really well in conference play. But tonight, I mean, this was a vintage Kevin O'Banner performance, one of those that he was shooting it at an elite level on catch-and-shoot looks. And I think he struggled a little bit whenever he put the ball on the floor, but still just his pure gravity and ability to hit those shots really changed the game. And I'm going to talk about momentum changers. He hit two in a row when it was a three-point game when Texas had fought their way back into the game. 
And to me, Texas never really recovered from that. They never got back within a one-possession game again. And I think that just Joe Banner's ability to hit timely shots and get them off, that's something that we've kind of been waiting for. And I think that the looks have always been there, and now they're finally starting to drop. And, I mean, it was a perfect night for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, I had a tweet in the first half about Kevin O'Banner that said, um, you know, he needs to look to shoot every single time he has the ball in the half court. He's too good of a shot maker to not do so, and he's too bad of a playmaker. I got some comments, you know, they were like, Ryan, why are you being a jerk? And like, I understand that the tone of that tweet probably did not come across the way that I wanted it to. But essentially what I was trying to say, but clearly did not communicate well, was that the dude is just a bucket getter. Like he can score so well. Like in terms of pure shot making at all three levels, he might be a better shot maker than anyone on this team. I mean, maybe Terrence Shannon Jr. when he's fully healthy, Bryson Williams a little bit. But Bryson man, Williams is playing in the state of Kansas. Yeah. Just put him in the fog, man, and, and there's nobody like Bryson Williams. But, man, like Kevin O'Banner, dude, just let it fly. And I think part of why he's been putting the ball on the floor so much is that the shots haven't been going down. Um, but he's just such a good shooter. Like, just let it fly. And I don't, I, like, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Like, the coaching staff could be saying, hey, your green light's a little bit more yellow now. We want you to kind of slow down. But, I mean, he's just not a playmaker. That's not who he is instinctively on offense. And so whenever he puts the ball down, usually bad things happen. Like, I'd love to look at the data that shows what percentage of his possessions either end in points or a turnover. Because I feel like it's a it's a large, large portion of his possessions. But... Man, when he is on, just a just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. And him continuing to branch out and, and make shots from the perimeter is going to be huge for Texas Tech down the stretch. I wish we could talk about him more. We're already pressed on time, and I want to talk about a couple of other guys. Really, first and foremost, has got to be Marcus Santos Silva. I mean, just a guy that I've really enjoyed watching play basketball at Texas Tech for the last two years. And I know that a lot of people like to harp on him for the free throws. And last year it was the bunny layups that he wasn't putting up strong enough. And I get it. There, there's room for him to grow and improve in his game. But, man, was he just such a huge player for Texas Tech in this game. Um, didn't play hardly at all in the second half. Played just three minutes. But in that first half, six points, five boards, two blocks. Um, he just made every single second count in that first half. And I thought that he was a big, big reason for Texas tech going into the break was such a big lead. Yeah. Santos Silva had a really outstanding first half and also his playmaking was impressive in this one. He had a couple really nice passes interior, one of which was to Daniel Bacho and I think Bacho ended up turning it over, but certainly in the second half, he had a really nice dime. And I think it might've been to Davion Warren, um, but just his ability to, process and find the cutters has been something that he's improved on a lot this year and I mean you're not going to get a better offensive rebounder he's one of the best offensive rebounders in the country and that's been the case since he was at VCU but beyond Santos Silva I think that a guy that I wanted to highlight was Malik Wilson and I know the stats will say offensively he played kind of a rough game blew a couple good finishes defensive game yeah I mean, he ended up with four steals, but I think the biggest thing was his off-ball help defense was critical in what Tech ended up doing on Timmy Allen, Christian Bishop, and Trey Mitchell. And 
anytime they were in the post when Miley was in the game, he was so good at providing the help side defense. And a couple of times he was able to disrupt and kind of get swipe at the ball, get get the turnover forced. And then a couple of times he forced bad passes or bad shots. But even then you add in this ability to defend on the ball and certainly had a couple of nice steals, one of which was essentially a free safety style steal that we saw a lot of TJ Shannon back in the day. I mean, his defensive impact in this one, it's hard to just quantify because the steals look incredible on their own. I would argue that he played just better than that. And then offensively, I mean, still some struggles there. Certainly the finishing you wish would be a little bit better. And he had a couple of bad turnovers. The behind the back pass looked really sick, but didn't quite have the impact I think he was hoping for. But his ability to finish and get to the rim is something that I think we're starting to see more of. And we're seeing him be more confident on drives. And that's a good thing because he's clearly a talented ball handler. He's just got to kind of put everything together. But defensively, man, I mean, this was a standout game for him. Adonis Arms is another guy that I thought was really good tonight. Um, didn't do a ton of good things on the offensive end in terms of getting the ball inside or putting the ball in the basket. But I thought that he just found a way to keep himself on the floor. Played some really, really good on-ball defense. He had that one possession right by Mark Adams in the Texas Tech bench where he and Miley Wilson kind of closed out and forced a turnover. That was a really, really big play in the game for me. And just his rebounding ability in this one to grab the easy ones away from Texas was huge. Yeah, and then you, I'll add in Davion Warren too. And one thing that I yeah. think I'm starting to realize is Davion Warren's timing on blocks is surprisingly really good. That was because all ball. He, that one that he got called yeah. for a foul on, that was all ball. I mean, if you had given that to him, he would have had two blocks. And that's not to mention, like, even his fouls that he's had through the years, he's so good at just being able to time that rotation well. And even if he's a step lead and gets a, gets a foul call, like, he rarely gets put in a bad position when he's going for blocks. I just think that, like, Warren's ability to rim protect is impressive. I think it's it speaks to his instincts on both ends. I think certainly defensively, we see it a lot with his hands and his ability to get, to get steals and really be a pest on the ball. He's a really good active defender. But then even offensively, his ability to cut off of off of Biggs posting up and kind of get himself open off the ball is something that I've seen evolve throughout the year. And, I mean, he's that's what's allowed Tech's offense to open up in a way is because – Early on in the year, especially I think back to the Providence game, when Warren didn't have the ball in his hands, he wasn't really doing a ton. And a lot of his production came from just giving him high usage looks. But this time, it seems like he's able to move better off the ball and anticipate openings. I think that just on both ends, we've seen a really complete performance by Davian Warren, even if the stats don't quite show it. And certainly the shooting wasn't quite as good as I think you would expect from a guy that I'm talking about as highly as I am offensively. But his ability to cut well and just get open looks has been something that's really impressed me lately, especially tonight. Yeah, that steal and that breakaway dunk might have been the play of the game for me. I just felt like it just was the final nail in the coffin. But in our last segment, I want to close this episode by talking about what this means for Texas Tech going forward. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores, totals, playoff performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds is the best in the business. From sports right to your favorite Vegas casino games, 
BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. We are here recapping Texas Tech's 77-64 victory over the Texas Longhorns. Sending Chris Beard back on the plane with an L. Feels good, um, but in the grand scheme of things, this is just another round in the Big 12 fight. Now Texas Tech is in sole possession of third place in the Big 12. You're behind a Kansas team that took down Iowa State very shorthanded tonight. Um, I, w- I was watching that game before before Texas Tech tipped off. Kansas looks good, and they look like a, a February Bill Self team. You've got Baylor, who- who's still in the fight, who's still going to be there every night. Um, they're, I think they're still struggling a little bit to find some things. And, you know, they had that surprising loss to Alabama who got throttled by Auburn tonight. Um, but man, this is a, this is a competitive conference. It's, there's a lot of teams in here that are, that are really good and have a lot of good quad one wins. And man, Texas Tech has just played themselves into being a contender in this conference and, just putting themselves in a really good position to get a high seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, you look at the remaining schedule for Tech, and suddenly it's flipped to the point where, at most, you're talking about one, maybe two games where they're not going to be favored in. And I think you can make a really good argument that there'll be slight favorites at home against Baylor. I think it kind of depends on how Baylor plays out the next week or so. And then I think against Texas on the road, you're talking about a team that you just beat by 13, and did so really without any sort of outlier performances one way or the other. So, I mean, if you get through those two games, suddenly the rest of your schedule looks very manageable. And I think that it's important to not get too far ahead of ourselves because everyone in the Big 12 is fighting for NCAA tournament bid except for Oklahoma State at this point. And really all all 10 teams, including Tech, are capable of beating anyone on any given night. And I know that sounds cliche, but... Truly, like there's not a game where you're going to be either favored by more than 10 or underdogs by more than like two points. So that just speaks to the depth of the conference. But I mean, you have to be encouraged by how tonight has gone. And I think it's a trend that continues dating back all the way to the Kansas game. And certainly even to be honest, the road game against Iowa State, like ever since that point, it seems like something has kind of changed among tech. There have been struggles early on in the season. Obviously, you had the win over Tennessee that was a real just dogfight. But outside of that, like there were a little bit of question marks offensively. And those have just been really resolved lately. And I mean, this team looks about as put together on both ends as any team you're going to find in the country. And certainly offensively, they might not have the firepower that you see out of like a Gonzaga or certainly a Kansas. But defensively, it's hard to find a better team out there. And if you combine the half court efficiency that we've seen lately, along with the defense that's going to be there every night. I mean, there's a lot to like about Tech. And I think that going forward, you have to think this is a team that can be in the in the hunt for the conference. We're halfway through now. We're 6-3, and three, faced a pretty front-loaded schedule. And I think nationally it's a little bit early to say, like, oh, if this is an Elite 8 team or a Final Four team. But, I mean, right now you're in the picture. You're in the hunt for both the conference and nationally. And that's all that matters. Yeah. I mean, it's not cliche to say, you know, every every game in the Big 12 this year is going to be a fight. I mean, you're looking at a conference that's just absolutely loaded, but the odds also right now look like they're a little bit in Texas Tech's favor. 
I mean, we both really like Bart Torvik and his projections. Right now, the only game that he doesn't have Texas Tech favored in the rest of the season is that game in Austin. And he has Texas Tech as one and a half point dogs in that game, projecting another really low scoring game, kind of to what we were thinking was going to happen in this game. But man, it's obviously a fight, but you're sitting here and, and you're thinking, man, if we lose that one game, if we if we go by the projections, that's a twenty three and eighteen. That's a twenty three and eighteen. And obviously, you know, projections are projections. You've got to go on the court and you've got to win the games. And this conference is loaded, man. There are so many good teams. I mean, even thinking about you're you're about to go on a on a tough little road stretch, one that I think could be a little bit trappy, um, with West Virginia and Oklahoma back to back on the road. And then you come back and you play a good TCU team and a good Baylor team on your home court. There's a lot on your schedule that's still daunting, but man, Texas Tech is sitting here. It's February 1st and they've got a win against Baylor on the road, a win against Kansas, a win against Iowa State, a win against Texas. I mean, they have just, they have loaded themselves up in prime position to be one of the top teams in this conference until you know, early March and one of the top seeds in the NCAA tournament, I think. And again, it's still early. Like you mentioned, you've got to play out the rest of your schedule. But man, this is a good, good resume for February 1st. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the season so far, Tech already has eight quad one and quad two wins. They've got five quad one wins, which is close to the top in the country. And you look at the rest of the schedule. If Tech just takes care of business, and win, say, seven of those games, which is even probably underestimating compared to what you look at in a vacuum on each game. And certainly I would say that's a reasonable outcome to expect. Tech will enter the tournament with 15 quad one and quad two wins, anywhere from eight to 10 quad one wins, depending on how the rest of the schedule stacks up and which games kind of shift along the lines of being top 30 to top 45. And that's that's going to be a top three seed. If you can play out the rest of your schedule as good as you played to start the season and to start the conference season, this is a top three seed in the tournament. Now, in terms of where they go from there and whether they win the conference or whatnot, there's a lot of uncontrollables. But certainly, if you're going to put yourself into that position and have the opportunity to be a top seed in the tournament, then that has to be a success. And I think that there's nothing that is indicated otherwise to me to where I would say that this team isn't going to be a contender in the conference and be a contender to go deep in the tournament. And I think that going forward, it's just about kind of making sure that you stay consistent avoid any major injuries. Hopefully TJ can get back healthy and just keep stacking up wins, man. I mean, so far tech's done a better job of that than most anyone else in the country. So if that continues, you're going to have a good resume, have a good shot going forward. Just go one and know. Every single night, that's all you got to do. Man, what a what a day, what a week, what a, what a past couple of few hours to be a, a Texas Tech fan. It has been an absolute ride. And we thank you all for joining us on our coverage of Chris Beard's return to Lubbock. We are very glad that he is leaving with an L. We will be back. Tomorrow, going to be talking about that road trip that the Red Raiders are going on. It'll be a big one. In the meantime, follow us on socials. You can follow me at rmainvillelbk. You can follow Emery at eraser41. 
Y'all go show Emery some love, man. It's past midnight where he's at. He's recording in what looks like a bathroom. I think he's in like some study room or something. But the dude is just hustling. He's grinding. He loves Red Raider Nation. He puts it all out on the line for y'all. Y'all better go show him some love. The dude works so hard. You can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter page at Locked On TTU. Follow and subscribe to our feeds wherever you listen. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're doing this episode live right now. Um, I look a lot more tired than I did at 6 o'clock. But, hey, if you've subscribed to us on YouTube, you can stay in tune for any future live episodes that we do. I enjoyed this format, and I'm sure that we will be back at it. In the meantime, thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Key with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you for joining us. Mark Adams didn't get on the plane. And we will see you tomorrow. Wreck'em.